morning. Grace and peace to you. Years ago, it used to be this side was full. Now we got this side full. We got to get both sides full and overflow it. We wait on the Lord. We work and wait, wait and work. Well, let's see. We're helping feed the potter children. We're going to feed the teams. And then we're going to feed ourselves and our guests. So I guess we're all about food, right? Well, we need the food for the body. We need the food for the soul, right? Absolutely. Jesus is the bread of life. Thank you for the songs, Jim. The world is a troubled place. Yes? There we go. Yes. All right. That's good as an amen. Yeah. And because it is a troubled place, it's troubling to those who live here. And we know it is. We all experience it. You know, even now we've got all the tensions uh, out there with, with the countries of North Korea and the Syria and Russia and all that going on, Iran. And, uh, you know, takes us back a few years to maybe Cold War times for some of us and other times for others. Got the terrorism thing continuing on uh, and uh, the, re- the reaffirmation by the jihadists, that they're going to keep coming after us. Domestic problems, uh, the politics, uh, probably can't even watch it anymore. It's so hostile and, you know, you just don't even know what to believe. Riots and crime and all everything else and, of course, the secularization of the culture, trying to get rid of, still trying to get rid of the Bible and Christ and all that. Had a uh, thing on the internet the other day about uh, a classroom down in Florida where this little girl was told to remove her cross necklace because it offended the teacher. So there you go. And then you pile on that all of our own personal problems that we might have with our finances or illnesses and then our own spiritual struggles with temptation and growing in the Lord. And we say, with all of this going on, is it possible to have peace? That's what we're talking about today, peace. Peace in the heart, peace in the soul, peace of mind. Do you think it's possible? Yes or no? See some heads going this way, and I see a lot of stares. That must mean I don't know, because I'm not experiencing it right now, and it happens. As he faced the cross, we're going to go to John 14, 27. You know, we, uh, we often want a practical lesson from the Bible, you know, not all this you know, uh, theology and all this and plan of salvation. They give us something practical. Well, the Bible is both theological and practical because we're all one thing. We're all one person. We're holistic. It all fits together. But this is going to be about as practical as you can get. 
And we have to understand that God knows us and knows what we need and how to achieve it. As he faced the cross and knew what was in store for his disciples even after that was going to happen and they were going to flee and, and then uh, after he ascended, the persecution that would follow and the troubles they would have, Jesus says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Incredible words. Some of us might say, are you kidding me, Jesus? <laughs> right? Are you kidding me? With all that happens and does happen and going to happen and what I'm in right now with everything going on. But he says, my peace I give to you. How many of us will not accept his peace? We don't know how to achieve it or have it or receive it. And here's the key, and the key is right here in this verse. He says, not as the world gives. Not as the world gives. The world seeks peace in its own way. And too many Christians try to find that peace in the ways of the world. Uh, and we've talked about this at different times, you know, all this m manner of escapism, whether it's some kind of uh, drugs, alcohol. Uh, we, we know the, the whole thing with the, uh, the drug epidemic going on now, people just trying to escape and have fun, avoid the problems of life. You know, we got all kind of uh, meditation techniques now and relaxation techniques and yoga and Used to be, uh, I remember years ago when I was, uh, whatever, growing up, it used to be the tranquilizer. I don't know if they even use that term any, anymore. When he, people would go into the doctor's office and they say, Doc, give me something. You know, I can't stand it anymore. I'm just all, all on edge. I'm nerve. I'm a nerve. A ball of nerves. Just give me something. And we think that's going to settle it that that's somehow going to take care of the problem and give us peace. But it doesn't. Because it does not address the problem. It addresses the symptom, which is your nervousness and anxiety. That's the symptom. That is not the problem. God gets to the heart of the problem. Jesus gives peace. He gives it in the way that will really give us peace. In the heart the mind, and the soul. And with that, we go to Philippians 4. And this is not a, you know, a magical thing. It's not a recipe. But it's something that you and I have to do. We have to engage ourselves with God as part of our faith and our walk with Him. Okay? But there's a definite promise here. From God. In fact, there's two promises here that we will have peace. I'm going to read this uh, scripture and then we're going to work our way through it. Philippians 4 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be 
be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, there is any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. And the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. There it is in a nutshell. Simple. But again, it's not a magical thing, and you have to work at it. You have to do it. We said before so many times, some of us go to the Word of God just to gain information. That's only the starting point. The second thing is, and one of the real reasons you read the Word of God is, okay, now what do I do with that information? How should I change? How should I apply that to me, first of all? What do I do? And that's very much what this is about. Verses 4 and 5. The source of our peace is the Lord. We've already seen that in John. John's, Jesus said, my peace I give to you. It's about faith in him, trusting him, believing his promises, that you are his, and he takes care of his people. In Nehemiah we read, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, we hear, I hear it in the prayers all the time. I hear people say, Lord's in control, right? The Lord's in control. Now, the question is, we say that, do we believe it? I mean, do you believe that for sure? And then, do you live it? Do you live knowing he is in control? Or is that just something that we say? If we don't think the sovereign God, the creator, the Lord God Almighty, the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and his son who sits on the throne is in control, then guess what? You should worry. You should be very anxious and upset about what's going on in the world. You should be biting your fingernails, going down to the store and getting your bottle of Jack Daniels and just drinking your life away if you don't think God is in control. Because if he's not, all is lost. Right? That's the truth. That's the truth. So you have to live as if you believe it. Okay? You have to live that way. This is not simply a stoic acceptance of God's promises. What does he say? Rejoice! In the face of all the trouble, rejoice. God is God. What does he say? And again I say, rejoice. And I think the picture here is that this is to be an infectious thing 
let your gentle spirit or gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is near. This is like the flu. All right? You're rejoicing all over the place. You're letting people know God's in control. I'm one of his children. I'm not, yeah, there's concerns out there, but I'm not worried. I'm not biting my fingernails. I'm not taking drugs. God's got this. I'm happy because God and Christ is on the throne. That's the way we have to live. That's the way you've got to see this thing. Rejoice. The Lord is near. He's involved. He's engaged. He is God. He has not gone away on a vacation. No matter how bad things look, God is near. I'll never leave you nor forsake you, right? You believe God? We're told God cannot lie. We read these things in his book, but sometimes we act like God does lie, that he's not going to do what he said. Prayer is where you engage with the promises of God, that you call on him to say, Lord, I want you to keep your promise that you said way back when. You'll never forsake us. You know what? God doesn't mind that at all. Because he's going to keep his word. But when you acknowledge that, I think God smiles. Rejoice. The Lord is near. Paul said in Acts 17, 27, there on Mars here, Mars Hill, the Lord is near to every one of us. And he's hoping that you will grope for him and find him, the nations and individuals. We find peace in the Lord because God is God and he's over all. Verse 6. So then, because of that, be anxious for nothing. We read this in the Sermon on the Mount. We read it in other places. Do we have concerns in life? Yes, we do. Troubles at times, yes. But anxiety, let's... All right. He's, he's going to tell us how to deal with this. Be anxious for nothing. For nothing. Lord, how can you say that? He says, because I know you, I know the world, and I know what's going on. I'm over all things. Be anxious for nothing. What do we do? But in everything, but in everything, by prayer, and supplication with thanksgiving that your request be made known to God. This is the all give it to God. How many of us today really don't pray like we should? Some of us don't pray at all. We might offer some little thing at the when we eat supper, and that's about it. You want peace? These are the places it starts. You believe in God with all your heart that he is a sovereign over everything and he's going to take care of it all. You rejoice in him. And you, you know, I was thinking about this and we've had uh, our Conquer series for the elders and deacons and we plan to get that out in the congregation. It talks about the brain. You've probably done some study on this. These things, especially these habitual things, these neurological pathways gets etched in your brain. The things that you repeat and do over and over and over again, that's the way it 
Uh, you develop habits, and that's also the way you develop addictions. We need to say this over and over again to ourselves, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. You wake up in the morning, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Maybe then we'll start to believe it because it'll be etched in our brains. Be anxious for nothing. Those are words of God, the words of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Comforter. Be anxious for nothing, but take it to God in prayer, in everything. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your request to God. Whatever it is that's going on in your life, we don't have time to go through all those things, whatever it is you are concerned about personally in the world, in the church, talk to God about it. Give it to him. Say, Lord, can you take care of this? Can you take care of this person in this situation? This is going on. It's going to take time. It's going to take your heart. You have to do it. You've got to get into it. You've got to develop that relationship with your Heavenly Father. You've got to trust Him. He is real. He is there. And He says, call on me. He says, call on me. The disciples said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. They didn't say, teach us how to pray. Although he did. But I think in the, with that prayer, we call it the Lord's Prayer, that he gave them, he showed in that prayer the need for prayer and why we should pray. Teach us to pray. And so all those, well, as he said, be anxious for no, all those nothings and all those everythings, we need to take them to God. God doesn't want you carrying them around. Okay? God is very gracious, isn't he? He's a loving God. He's really saying here, I don't want you carrying those things around. Because, first of all, it disrupts your life. It causes you trouble. It distracts you from what you need to be doing. And it makes you a poorer servant of mine to do whatever I want you to do. Because you are distracted by the worry. And he says, I don't want you doing that. Give it to me. I'll take care of it. Yeah, there are times there are things we have problems with. We have to do something. Do what you have to do, but then give the rest of it to God. That's what he says. Give it to me. Okay? And go and help someone else with their trouble. That's kind of what Paul says here in the last verse. Give me your troubles and then go Get busy with what you need to do. Let me take care of the problems. Verse 7. Here's, here's the, the first outcome. Rejoicing in the Lord. We have faith in God. He is God. He's taking care of all this. Be anxious for nothing. Pray. Give him your problems. Give him your troubles. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension or knowledge, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There it is. If you do the first two, truly do them, 
you will have peace. It will guard your heart from anxiety, you see, from worry. So if you've got a lot of anxiety going on and a lot of worry going on, guess what? Something in the first two there is amiss in your walk with the Lord. Something is amiss. You need to address it. Maybe it's your faith or the fact you're not praying and trusting God to take care of your problems. Because if you're doing the first two, what happens? The peace of God will guard your heart and mind. It will deflect the worry because you've already given it to God. Do things pop up? Yeah. Do sometimes you have to fight it off? Yes. Sometimes you have to say another prayer? Yes. We're weak. But that's the way it works. And so you have to do your part, so to speak. You've got to have faith and you've got to pray. You say, Lord, take care of it. I know you will and I know you can. It says surpasses all comprehension. Hard to believe. How does that work? I don't know. But all I know is that peace is part of the fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? Love, joy, peace. Right there. The Spirit of God in us can work to give you that peace. If you pray and entrust God with your anxieties and your worries and all your troubles. You'll get the peace. You want to call that a miracle? Go ahead. Because it's the Holy Spirit working in you to give you peace. Guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. That takes us back to John 14, 27. All right. Because Christ is the one who really makes this all possible, right? If we are in Christ, we have access to God the Father. We have the gift of the Spirit. We have forgiveness of sin. He is on the throne, all right? So he's the centerpiece of our faith, really. So he is called also the Prince of Peace, isn't it? Isn't he? The Prince of Peace. He brings peace in many ways. We don't have time to talk about all those today. I read in Ephesians, he made, broke down the dividing wall and made peace between the two, meaning Jew and Gentile, and made them one in the body of Christ, the church. And he can give peace in your heart because he is the sovereign Lord over all, sitting on the throne, King of kings, Lord of lords, our advocate and our high priest. Verse 8. Now, as we know, being human beings, we're sitting around in the evening and not twiddling our thumbs, doing nothing, right? Guess what happens? We start thinking about our problems again, don't we? They just creep right back in. Okay, now you can fight them off, but now here's the remedy for that. So you can maintain and sustain this peace. And when I'm saying that, I'm saying we don't pray about these things on a regular basis because we still should. But here's the thing. Finally, brethren, and he talks about 
I'm not going to go through all these individually. You can get the gist of it. True and honorable, right, pure, lovely, good repute, excellent, praise, worthy of praise. Good things. That's what he's talking about. Things that are good. Things that are good that have happened to you. Situations in which in the past you know God took care of something for you. Right? You had prayed and he took care of it. And you remember that. That was good. Right? Things that are lovely. You know, I do this on a regular basis. I'm not, you know, tooting my horn. But I try to use this. I do use this a lot when I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't get back to sleep. I start thinking about good things. And you know, the first thing that pops into my head is Jesus Christ. Wow. I start thinking about some of the things he did in the gospel. You know, you want to think about the beauty of flowers, the beauty of creation. Think of something good that somebody has done that you know. They sacrificed. They gave something. Just these kinds of things, whatever it is there that gives you that kind of peace. Something to take your mind off your troubles and your anxieties and think about the good things that God has put in your life and put in the world and put in the lives of other people that you know and love. Good things. And they are there. But, you know, sometimes we don't see them because we're so wrapped up in thinking about the troubles. And this is what God is saying. Wait a minute, wait a minute. There's a lot of good stuff. Stop worrying. Give me your troubles. Now, take that mind you've got and think about the good stuff. Maybe you want to think about the promises of God in the future. What it will be like to live with him. Whatever it is, you know, you can, you can look at that verse 8 yourself and, and make that your own verse. But engage our mind with those kinds of things. You know, we sing, sing the song, count your many blessings. Okay? This is kind of what this is. Count your blessings. Think about what God has done. Think about his promises. Take your mind off of the troubles. And finally, verse 9, the things, now, you know, we, we can sit around and think, but then that, that doesn't always, that's not enough. We have to fill up our time. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. So now it's time to get busy. All right? Busy doing good stuff. I'm sure that's what Paul's talking about. You know, whatever you've seen me do. Or he's talking about teaching or helping somebody or, uh, you know, providing for the poor saints. Whatever you've seen in me. And he's talking about good stuff. Get busy. Don't just sit around and think and worry. Get busy doing good things in the kingdom. Things that, looking for people in need. Whatever, you know, still talking about... Uh, Whatever you as a husband or wife need to do, or as a parent, a friend, a neighbor, a disciple, an elder, a deacon, a teacher, do what God wants you to do. Get out there. And stop sitting around and just letting it all sit on your shoulders. 
And then what? The God of peace will be with you. Notice. In verse 7, the peace of God will be within. But now what? The God of peace will be without. He will guard you from outside. That's it. It's up to you. Peace in a troubled world. You want it? This is how to have it. This is what the Holy Spirit says. So you can engage with God. You can bump up your faith a little bit. Pray. Apply yourself. Learn, you know, this thing there in verse, which verse is that? Eight. That's about self-control. Another fruit of the Spirit, right? Controlling your mind to think about the right things and not dwell on the bad things. How many of us don't have control of the way we think? That just whatever comes into our head, we let it take over. That's not self-control. That's letting the world control you. We need to work on that self-control as well. So, Rejoice in the Lord. God is there. God is God. He's over it all. Pray. Be anxious for nothing. Give it to him. The peace will come within. Think about the good things, the wonderful things, the marvelous things, the promises of God, and then get busy doing what you need to do. And just let him take care of it. You have the peace within, and you know that the God of peace will be guarding you on the outside. We're going to finish up in John 16, 33. These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. You see, there will always be trouble in the world. There will always be trouble in the world. Yeah, I know, it's like a roller coaster sometimes. You know, you've got some good days, some good weeks, and you don't have anything personal going on. But, but something's going to come around. I hate to say that. You know, I don't want to be downer. But that's the way the world is. That's the way life is, especially as we grow older. And so in the world, you will have tribulation. You will have trouble. So you have to seek and find the peace in Christ and not in your circumstances. All right? None, you know, think, well, I've got no problems today, so I'm happy. And then a problem comes tomorrow, and you're not happy. That's not the Christian way. We rejoice in the Lord. Yeah, I don't like the fact I've got a problem, but God's going to take care of that. He's going to get me through it. I rejoice. My joy is in the Lord, not in my circumstances. Okay, my real joy is in my Lord and that he loves me and he's made me great promises. We wrap up. Do you have the peace of God? You, you can take that scripture, read it again. I encourage you to take it to heart, take it home, live it, breathe it, do it. You'll have peace. And you'll be able to help others find peace as well. Do you have this peace this morning?
Maybe you do, maybe you have part of it, maybe not always, and maybe never. But this is God's way. If you'd like for us to pray with you that you might get on the track to peace, we can be happy to do that. Is this God, this Christ who we talked about briefly here this morning, not at length, is he your God? Is he your Savior? You know, you'll never have peace unless you have him. It just can't, be, can't happen. And so we're here to assist you if you want to obey the gospel and become a Christian. However we might serve you this morning, let us know. Our brother Jim leads us.